Goodbye, fifth and sixth graders. Goodbye, junior hires. Thanks for joining us for worship tonight. Did you guys scoot back? It was just me. <laughs> Welcome to Inside Out. It's nice to see all you guys. Glad you've joined us tonight for youth group. Um, tonight, we're going to move on to something new, but uh, here's the deal, okay? I want to share something with you guys on the front end. There are certain nights when I, uh, God's laid something on my heart that I want to share with you guys, but I'll be very honest with you, I feel very inadequate to do it. Because the story we're about to dig into tonight, like we talked about before, we're going to look into the book of Luke. If you don't have a bulletin, please go grab one tonight. You're going to need it again tonight. So if you don't have one yet, go grab one. But tonight, I want to try to, try to tell you guys a true story of what happened in the book of Luke chapter 7, okay? So as we dig into this tonight, I want you guys to understand, tonight I want to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart that we sort of sang about tonight a little bit, is gratitude, Okay, I want to talk about this idea of gratitude, what it is, what it looks like from a biblical perspective. I know everybody understands the, the word gratitude. We sing songs about it all the time. But in your bulletin, I got on the front of it there, it says gratitude is an attitude that should affect all of our lives because of what, because of what we have received from Jesus. I really want tonight of all nights for you guys to really pause for just a second in your own lives and really think about what Christ has done. Maybe you're a Christian in this room and maybe you're not. I don't know where all of you are at spiritually. Maybe you're walking well with the Lord. Maybe you're not walking well with the Lord. That, I don't know the answers to all that, okay? But I'm gonna ask you guys for, I'm gonna pray in just a second. I'm gonna ask you guys for a special blessing tonight on each one of you to hear, to have what the Bible says, have ears to hear what God has to teach us tonight, okay? Because here's what I think. Here's what I know. You guys didn't show up by accident tonight. Do you wanna know what it looks like to be obedient to God, to live a life of obedience? You guys are doing it by being here because God's the one that prompts you guys to come because you know why I know that? Because every Wednesday I pray that. I pray, Lord, you're the one, that he would be the one that would prompt the students and the leaders to be here that you want in the room tonight. So you're here because you're being obedient to the Lord already, and I don't even think most of us realize how that's how this works. But I prayed that earlier today, so thanks for being obedient to the Lord. But I wanna pray, and then I'm gonna get into the story we're gonna talk about tonight, and we're gonna have a little different rhythm tonight, so we'll just uh, watch, hopefully, God will help all that unfold as the night goes on. So let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you. And we're so grateful to have the opportunity to, to lift up our voices and just speak out loud, sing out loud the words that we just did. The work that you've done, you came from heaven to earth, Lord, to show us the way back to heaven. You came from heaven to earth to give us an opportunity through your death, burial, and resurrection to be Christians, to have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in our hearts. But I pray tonight, Lord, with a heart of gratitude that we are able to look at what you've done and maybe even an unusual light or maybe for the first time, I don't know, or maybe for a heart that needs to repent and come back. Lord, I don't know where everybody's at in this room, but I do know you and I know how good you are and we see that through the cross. So tonight as I dig into this story about a lady who showed her gratitude in a very unique way and this is a true story again, Lord, that we're gonna look at, I pray that it would touch our hearts in a way that would strengthen us, change us, comfort us, convict us, whatever we need tonight, Lord. As I prayed just a few minutes ago, I don't want it to be my voice that's heard tonight because I am inadequate to do anything with this story, but I know you're able to do it through the power of your Holy Spirit to touch the hearts as we need touch tonight. And I know you're faithful to do it. Help us to surrender our wills to you tonight and receive what it is you have to teach us through this story. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
Okay, so this idea of gratitude, I, want, I always like to take the idea of what God lays on my heart and I want to bring together a Bible story with it so I can give you guys the idea of what this would look like, okay? When I went to seminary, they taught us to try to get your five senses involved in each story in the Bible when you get an opportunity to preach. You know, your sight, your sound, your touch, your, your smell, whatever that, your ears, whatever that is. So tonight, I want you guys to walk through this with me tonight, and I want you to experience this firsthand, okay? And I want you to realize what this woman has done. This is a story found in Luke chapter 7, verses 38 through 50, and we're gonna read it real quick. I'm gonna break it down. I'm gonna read a little scripture, then I'm gonna go to the points. I'm gonna read a little more scripture, and then go back to the points again, okay? So Luke chapter 7, verse 38, it says, Jesus anointed by a sinful woman. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. Now we know, look up, we know that the, Jesus has been accused of having dinner with sinners, right? Eating with sinners. Now we see Jesus actually going to a Pharisee's house. For those of you that don't know what a Pharisee is, a Pharisee was the religious leaders of the community at that time. They were the conservative sect that was all dressed up in their garb, that were trying to keep 600 plus rules. They were the, the as we'll see in the story tonight, they were the self-righteous, prideful ones but they were the religious leaders. Verse 37 says, when a certain immoral woman from the city heard he was eating there, that being Jesus, she brought a beautiful jar, alabaster jar, filled with expensive perfume. I wanna stop there and ask you guys a question. We don't know what this woman's sin was, okay? We don't know what she was doing in, in, in particular, but she was an immoral woman. So you get the sense that she was probably doing sexual immoral things, those kind of things, right? But here's the deal. This was her reputation. I wanna ask you guys this question because God asked me this question. Think about my reputation in the community as a Christian and as a pastor out there. Do you think my reputation matters to, to me of what other people think about me? Yeah, why? Because I don't want to ruin my testimony. When, pe when you guys, here's the newsflash. You guys are going to go, really? When you guys think about me, what do I want you thinking about? God. That's my reputation. This woman's reputation was a certain immoral woman. What's your reputation? When you're in here on a Wednesday night, and you go to school on a Thursday, or you go to work on a Thursday night, what do you think your reputation is in the community? And what do you want it to be? See, because if we build ourselves up in Christ, I can tell you every leader, every leader, as I look around this room, I have, and I, I can swear on a stack of Bibles, I've heard this to be true, every leader in this room, I've talked to other people outside in the community, have talked about you guys, and they've said nothing but good about you because you have a good reputation. What's your reputation? You walk with the Lord. That's the reputation we should want. This woman had, a moral woman had a bad reputation. She took an alabaster jar filled it with expensive, that was filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind, behind him, that being Jesus, at his feet, um, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. Watch. This is where I cannot do this justice. I see this picture in my heart and I want you guys to step into the Bible with me for just a second. And we'll talk about this some more later on. There is a table, with, there's a banquet going on and there's a table sitting here. We don't know how many people are around this table, but let's call it Thanksgiving. Let's just say it's a Thanksgiving banquet. And all of a sudden in those days they would recline on their left arm and they would eat with their right hand. So Jesus is reclined at this table, this Pharisee's table that he comes into. And he's reclined there and all of a sudden an immoral woman comes in the room. I want you to picture this at family Thanksgiving next week. An immoral woman comes in the room and she sits down at the feet of Jesus. His feet would have been laid out behind him this way. 
And she sits down and she kneels down before him and starts to weep because she's in the presence of the Messiah. And when she starts to cry, and I've had these, my wife's in the room tonight and she can testify, I've had these moments before the Lord where I'm crying so hard and I am weeping so much because of what he's done for me. I remember when I first gave my life to Christ, I would do this and I still do it to this day. I've never gotten over being saved. And you see this woman come in and she kneels down at the feet of Jesus and she is crying so hard that her tears are falling on his feet and she takes her hair. Ladies, listen, in this day and time, a woman to let her hair down, like you guys are wearing it, some of you ladies in the room tonight, was unheard of from a married woman or, a, or an, adult, an adult woman. An adult woman would have had her hair up. For her hair to be down in public was shameful. Little girls would wear their hair down, but when they became women, they had their hair up. So this woman is breaking all norm that we'll talk about in a second. She comes in and she washes the Lord's feet with her tears, and she starts to, can you, can you see it? Just look at the floor and go, I can't even, I'm sitting at the table and I'm watching this woman come in. I'm trying to figure out what the world is going on around me. And this woman is weeping uncontrollably and then she wipes his feet with her hair and she starts to put perfume on it. And it says it was an expensive perfume that we'll talk about in a second. When the Pharisee, the guy that invited Jesus into the room, when he invited him, the one who invited him saw this, he said to himself, so he's thinking, he's not saying this out loud, he says to himself, if this man, that being Jesus, were a prophet, he would know the kind of woman that is touching him. She's a sinner. So this guy who invited Jesus in the room, sitting at the head of the table probably, watching this woman at the other end of the table, sitting on her knees, sobbing out loud, not caring what anybody else thinks, sobbing out loud, wiping her hair, hair down, wiping his feet off with her hair and pouring perfume on his feet. And this guy's thinking to himself, if that guy's supposed to be a prophet, somebody important as a teacher, he should know a sinner is touching him. And as a Jew, if a sinner touches you, you're unclean, which means you don't get to go to the synagogue. You don't get to go to the temple anymore. So he's thinking to himself, she's a sinner. Then Jesus answers his thoughts. This is where Jesus is revealing he's got deity. This guy's thinking this across the room and Jesus picks up his thoughts and Jesus answers his thoughts. He says, Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. And Simon says, go ahead, teacher. Can you see this arrogant, self-righteous, prideful person going, go ahead, go ahead, teacher, you teach us. He just got done thinking this guy's a nobody. If he knew, so get the, get the dilemma of this guy's heart, right? Here's the first point. I want to look at two people. The first person I want to look at, and I'm going to make this real brief, is the person I want to look at is the repentant sinner, the woman. When she arrived at the dinner, she began weeping, and her tears fell on the feet of Jesus like we've been talking about, and she wiped them off with her hair. I don't think we really appreciate the level of what this lady's going to and how she's doing it, what she does for her Savior and for her Messiah, she seemed to lose track of everything else around her. Have you ever been in that moment with the Lord when the building can be burning down around you and it doesn't make any difference? Have you ever had that moment with the Lord when you're in public and people are watching you but you just don't care? It's not even that you care but you're so captivated by the Lord that you don't even sense anybody else in the room. Ever had that moment? That's what this woman's going through. She seems to have lost track of everything else going on around her other than the man that she was wiping the feet of and that was the Messiah, her Savior. She didn't care what was going on around her. This woman took an absolute risk 
it really could have cost her life. She took that big a risk to, to kneel down in public at this banquet that she was not invited to to show her gratitude to the Lord. So if you ever wanna know what gratitude looks like biblically, this is what it looks like. At all costs, you're worshiping the one who's given everything for you. How are you doing at, at that in your life? That's the question I wanna lay at you guys' feet tonight, and we'll talk about that in your small groups in a minute. The second guy I wanna look at in the story is the, the, the self-righteous Pharisee, the self-righteous sinner. Rather than be emotionally moved by this person, he's sitting down here at this end of the table watching all that going on at that end of the table and rather than going, oh my gosh, what am I missing? This guy must be somebody special. He might be the Messiah. Maybe he is a prophet. This guy you see his prideful heart. Well, if he knew who that woman was, she shouldn't even be in my house. I can't even believe, see, there was open air dining at that time, so the banquet would have been, it's not like she snuck in the back door, the banquet would have been more of an open air setting. So this woman comes in and he's thinking to himself, what's she even doing down there? So rather than being emotionally moved by this, he shows total disdain for this woman and for Jesus for letting this woman touch him. If this woman would have come down to the other end of the table, there's no way this guy would have let her lay hands on him because he knew her reputation and she was an immoral woman. And she looks, he looks down at that end of the table, thumbing his nose at all this with absolute disdain, not only at the woman, you guys, but at Jesus himself. Sarcastic thoughts about the one who's at the end of the table having his feet washed by this woman. Simon was guilty of inwards, the inward sin of pride. Listen to me. The inward sin of pride will destroy your spiritual walk. If you are self-righteous in this room and you think, yeah, I'm better than that guy, I wanna read a scripture to you tonight to to let you know that if you're self-righteous, you better be awful careful because you can either be like the self-righteous sinner that is Simon the Pharisee in this story or you can be like the repentant sinner who was an immoral woman that we're gonna see gets her sins forgiven here in just a moment. Which one are you? Are you sitting in this room tonight amazed at what the Lord has done for you? Or are you thinking to yourself, man, I'm glad I'm not like that guy. I'm glad I'm not like that guy over there. See, there's another parable that Jesus tells us in Luke 18, verses 10 through 4. It says, it's not part of this story, it's another part of the story. It says, two men went up to the temple to pray. One, a Pharisee, hello, a Pharisee again, and the other, a tax collector. Tax collectors would have been the scourge of the community. Tax collectors would have been like this immoral woman. Everybody would have looked down their nose at them. And the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other people, robbers, evildoers, adulteries, or even like that tax collector over there. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance, it says. And you see this tax collector with the same heart as this immoral woman. He stood at a distance and he did not even look up to heaven. He beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Which one are you tonight? Where's your heart? I really want you guys to think about this idea of gratitude, but also about being prideful in what you're doing. And Jesus goes on to say, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. So the guy, the tax collector, beating his, his chest and saying, have mercy on me, a sinner, he was justified that day. The Pharisee who was rattling his own cage and his own, ringing his own bell, he wasn't justified that day. So you go back to this story, and I want to ask you guys, are you like the self-righteous sinner, the Pharisee, or are you like the sinful woman who knows in your heart you're a sinner and you need the Lord, and without him you're lost? To help Simon see the condition of his own heart, Jesus told him a parable. So I'm going to turn back to the scripture again, and we'll start in verse... um, Jesus goes to tell him a story in verse 41. Then, Then Jesus told him a story. A man loaned money to two people. 
500 people, 500 pieces of silver to one. Just so you guys know, history would show that's about eight years' wages. That's about eight years' wages. 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces of silver to the other. But neither of them could repay him. This is a parable, and parables, are they hold the spiritual truth. And this is what Jesus is telling Simon. And he's telling Simon this in answer to his question about him being a prophet. But neither of them could repay it, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answers, I can, just, I can, I can hear the condescending tone in this Pharisee's voice when he answers this. Because see, he's not going to be sarcastic in public at his banquet. He's going to be very respectful. He's going to be upright. And he's going to say, well, I suppose the one who canceled the larger debt. And Jesus says, you have answered correctly. The second point I want to get to is the parable. This is really critical for you guys to get this. This parable does not mean, this parable does not deal with the amount of sin or debt that a person has. Look at me. It has to do with the realization of your own heart that whatever you're going through, you can't earn your way to heaven. You can't pay the debt. You guys, you listen to me. You cannot pay the debt to get you out of your sin that will get you to heaven. You can't do it. A lot of people try, but you cannot pay that debt. That's the point of the parable. Simon was guilty of inward sin of pride, and that's what, it, that's what got him into trouble, and he tried hiding his own guilt. He was in, his pride was inward. The woman's uh, sin was guilty. It was on the outside. Hers was known. His, in a sense, was hidden. So her sin was very known. Hers, in a sense, was hidden. And Jesus is making it very clear that neither one of them can pay the debt here. In Luke 12, 23, it makes it very clear there is nothing concealed or that will not be disclosed or hidden that will be not be made known. What you have done in the dark will be heard in the daylight, and what you have whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the rooftops. See, Simon had inward pride. He didn't think anybody else knew it. He was very respectful well thought of in the community, but he had an inward pride that was destroying him. And Jesus is making it very clear that one day he will find out he has a debt that he cannot pay. And that was the point of this parable. The point of the parable, number three, verses 44 through 47, let's turn back to it again. And he goes on to say, then he turned and, he, and Jesus answered me, he said, that's right, Jesus said, watch this, now watch the picture again. So Jesus is talking across the table to Simon, telling Simon the parable about two people who could not pay their debt, but it had been forgiven them. Who do you think loves more? The one who was forgiven more. That's what the Bible teaches, right? So now Jesus turns from Simon and he turns to this woman and he looks at this woman and he says this. Then Jesus turned to the woman and said to Simon, so he's looking at the woman talking back to Simon now. Look at the woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you did not offer me, offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she washed, she washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Simon, you didn't even greet me with a kiss, but from the time she came in, I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of even giving me olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with a rare perfume, a very valuable, costly perfume. I tell you the truth, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. She has shown much love. So she has shown much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows little love. Watch this. It's very simple. The point of this parable that he makes is that Simon needs to realize that he has been very rude as a host. In that day, when you would come to someone's banquet, they would offer you water to wash your feet, they would anoint your head with oil because in those days they didn't bathe all the time. So they would, they would anoint their head with oil for the, the aroma to be better. 
and then they would, they would sit there and they would greet each other with a kiss, just a friendly kiss, kiss on each cheek. Simon didn't even do any of that, so he's done nothing. He has done nothing but disrespect the master. He's done nothing but disrespect his guests, so you know behind, behind his, his motives were, he wasn't there to honor Jesus. He wanted to catch Jesus in the trap and dishonor him just like everybody else did. Due to the condition of his heart, he was a very rude person. But this parable also holds a point of, I tell you, in verse 47, he says, I tell you, for her sins are many, and they have been forgiven. Because they've been forgiven, she's loved much. She realized the extent that Jesus went to to give her an opportunity to sit at his feet and worship him with a grateful heart like she did. The important part of this principle is this. The awareness of our own spiritual condition is tied directly to our actions. The awareness of your own spiritual condition is tied directly to your actions. Think about your day, think about the last week, think about the last month. Your own spiritual awareness, where I'm at with God, is how I'm going to behave. So out of my awareness of where I'm at spiritually, my behavior will show up, be it good or bad. People, I want you to get this. When you realize that you're in sin, you're not gonna go sit on dad's lap. You're not gonna come to youth group like we've been talking about. You're gonna be far from him because the awareness that I have spiritually is going to be um, revealed in my behavior. If we love Jesus little, it is because we don't realize. We love Jesus little because we have a little idea of the extent of what he's done to redeem me back into a relationship with him. Man, I hope you guys get that. He has given everything. God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He's given everything to you to be redeemed back into a relationship with him, but he will not make you do it. It's up to you whether you respond to it or not. The last point is this, the pardoning Savior, and then I gotta finish, and this is gonna be quick. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man who goes around forgiving sin? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Her faith saved her. And to go in peace meant this. Let me back up for just a second. When they asked the men around the table, so you get the men around the table who there was no other women there. She would have been the only woman at the banquet in the room because the men at the table said, who is this that goes around forgiving sins? You know who it is? Jesus. And you know what Jesus is claiming to be there? God. Because in the book of Luke, I think chapter five, it talks about only God can forgive sin. So if anybody ever says to you, Jesus never claimed to be God, that's a lie. Right here, Jesus claimed to be God because he's forgiving sin and only, and the Bible makes it clear, only God can forgive sins. Your faith has saved you, go in peace. When I first gave my life to Christ, and I'm really glad Rachel's here tonight so she can ask her, she'll tell you the story too. I knelt down that day and gave my life to Christ when I was 38 years old, 23 years ago. And I remember thinking to myself, we never talked about it during the day at all, did we? We never had a discussion about it, never visited. Rachel never said, how come you went forward? None of that stuff. Crawled into bed that night, Rachel rolls over and she finally looks, she finally rolled over and looked at me, she said, what's it like? And you know what I said? Remember, it's peaceful. It's peaceful. For the very first time in my life, I had peace in my heart. And the reason why I had peace in my heart, because I wasn't fighting with God anymore. In the Bible, it teaches that I'm at enmity with God. When I'm battling with God and I'm having it out with God, whether conviction or before I'm saved, I don't have any peace because I'm fighting with God constantly. As soon as I surrendered my life to Christ, guess what I had? Peace in my heart because the battle stopped. 
Jesus has done everything we need to have to be redeemed back into relationship with the Father. How much do you appreciate it and how grateful are you, are, how are you for it? Turn to your tables, discuss this a little bit, and we'll come back up here and close in just a few minutes. Okay, if I can have you guys' attention, I want to close this thing off a little bit tonight a little bit differently than what we normally might do. So God laid this on my heart earlier today or earlier this week, and it kind of unfolded in my mind today. Because I really like the idea of stepping into Scripture as my, in my mind. I like to put myself in the book and see what that had to look like from the perspective of the context of what was going on, okay? So tonight I want to give you guys an opportunity to express your gratitude to the Lord. You don't have to do this, but if you're, if, I would encourage you to listen to God again. And if he prompts you to do this, I would say definitely do it. I'm going to play a song for you by Zach Williams. Zach Williams, is called, this song is called To the Table. And I think it fits perfectly with what we watched this woman do tonight when she came in and anointed Jesus' feet. Okay? And To the Table is this idea. Zach Williams, it's a live video from a prison. Okay? He'll share a little bit of his testimony and what he went through. But he'll also talk to the guys about just understanding that there is a table in life this spiritual table, that there is a chair there for you. And that chair, you're always welcome at that table. And when you see this woman, what she did tonight, I want you guys to have that same sense. But I want, I, it struck me when I watched this video earlier today again. This is done in Hardin Prison, I think is where it's at somewhere. But it struck me, he's singing this song to a bunch of people that are incarcerated, but you can tell that they're Christians and they love the Lord. And do you realize those people that are incarcerated are more free than most people are that are walking the streets that don't know the Lord? If you're in this room tonight and you don't know Jesus, you're in a slave, you're a slave in a prison of sin and you can't get away from it. And the only one that can pay that debt to pay your bail to get you out of that prison is Christ. The one that that woman washed the feet of, showed her gratitude to in front of everyone. And that's what I want you guys to get tonight. We sin publicly, we should confess publicly. I think we miss that in today's culture, so I want to challenge you guys tonight in front of all your peers to be like this woman and meet with Jesus and not pay any attention to anything else going on around you. I want it to be you and the Lord tonight, and maybe you're not a Christian in this room tonight. Maybe this is the first time that you give your life to Christ. I don't know. If it is, come forward and in and, and your heart, be like that woman with that, that alabaster jar of expensive perfume. Pour your heart out for the Lord right here at the table in front of everyone with everyone watching, and let them judge you. And you come and you pour your heart out to God exactly like that woman did, not caring what anybody else around you is saying. And when you're watching the people in this prison, they're freer than most people are who don't know the Lord. And tonight, maybe you just need to repent. Maybe you just need to say, Lord, forgive me, I'm sorry. I don't wanna do this anymore. And maybe tonight it's just you wanna pour out your gratitude because of what Christ has done for you and how amazed and overwhelmed you are, and the tears that should flow out of our hearts, and maybe not physically, but just from a perspective of just being full of gratitude for what Christ has done for us. Tonight, the table's yours. At your table, I got pieces of paper, and I would like you guys, if you wanna pour out your heart, you wanna write something down, you don't wanna write something down, totally up to you, but if you have something that you wanna come forward with, you write that on that piece of paper, and you lay it on this table tonight. That's what I want you to do. I want you to come in front of everybody, and you pour out your heart of gratitude or pour out your heart of repentance or pour out your heart and say, Lord, I need saved. By faith, I want to know you. That's what I want you to do tonight while this song's playing and when this song closes and I'll wrap it up and we'll close with one other deal and then we'll go forward from there. But tonight, this is you and Jesus. There's a whole banquet going on around you tonight in this youth group room, but it's just you and the Lord tonight. What are you going to do with it? 
What do you need God to do for you in your life? Or what do you need to express back to him just with a grateful heart out of gratitude? So while the song's playing, consider that and then we'll wrap it up here in a minute. Would you guys pray with me? Father in heaven, with grateful hearts tonight as all of us sit in this room, looking back over our shoulder at what the scripture teaches us that you've done through your son, Jesus Christ. Pray, Father, that that never lands on us lightly, that we never love little because we understand the extent that you went to to redeem us, not our stories, not what we've been through in sin, Lord, but what you've done for us. That should cause us to live a life of gratitude to you that should never fail and never wane. And help us always remember we don't do it by trying harder, we do it by your grace. But I know there's students in this room, Lord, that have been through a lot, and leaders as well, and myself. And my wife, as she sits in this room, Lord, we've all got stories. But help us not to focus on our story, but help us to focus on our Savior, the one who reached down into that pit and rescued us, who came from heaven to earth to redeem us back into a relationship for him, with him that we could spend eternity with God in heaven. Help us to always remember that. May that impact us in a way, Lord, that makes a difference. And for people in here tonight, Lord, that may have just had to repent, pray blessing over them that they realize when they repent by faith that you've forgiven them and they're back right where they need to be with you, walking well with you. And maybe there was a person in here tonight for the first time, Lord, that's given their life to you. I don't know. But if there is, boy, Lord, hold them close. Guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and help them know that they're part of a family now of Christian believers that will one day spend eternity with each other in heaven. And Lord, as we all sit in here tonight that believe with all of our hearts May our gratitude tonight that we pour out to you mean something. May, may the aroma of this experience in this room tonight in our hearts, may the aroma be pleasing to you. May this sacrifice that we make in the way we live because of what you've done for us be pleasing to you. And I know each person in this room, Lord, wants to be used uniquely by you. So I pray that you find us usable and that you would use us according to your will. Now as we close with this last song and we raise up our voices, Lord, help us to do it with all of our hearts when we sing about the gratitude that we have for you. We love you, Lord, with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Corey, would you play that last or that song, Gratitude, for me? I think it's appropriate that we close with that. You guys stand on your feet, let's worship together, and we'll get out of here.